Hey, welcome back to the Sermonary Podcast. My name is Josh Taylor. I'm your host, and I'm here with my guest for a second time, Pastor Ed Litton. Uh, just to refresh, Pastor Ed is the uh, senior pastor at Redemption Church here in Mobile, Alabama. We did an episode with him last time on talking about sermon prep and uh, pastors just being able to find flexibility and freedom in their sermon prep so that they have opportunities to take with their families, uh, to dive deeper into their ministry and balance that health. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about creating a preaching team and why that's important. So, uh, Ed, one, thank you again for for being on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. It's it's a joy to be here. I love preaching, obviously, and I love to talk about preaching. I want yeah, to help well, I can. That's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about preaching. And one of the things that we harp on a lot here with Seminary and with our sister company, Ministry Pass, is the importance of pastors creating preaching teams. And there's a lot of various reasons of why that's important that we're going to dive into uh, a lot of those today. Uh, but just to uh, to go ahead and, and kind of let people know with what you've been able to do, one, I think that you're, you are probably one of the best communicators that I've heard. Uh, and that's not just local pastors. Those are these are uh, pastors that I watch on TV, on the radio, podcasts, whatever. I think you are one of the better communicators that I've heard, uh, which is a testament to you that you can do that consistently every Sunday. The, the Lord has just gifted you in that. Uh, and it would probably be easy for you to stand up every Sunday and take those opportunities. Uh, but you've created a preaching team. A lot of younger guys where they have the opportunity to step on that step in front of that pulpit in front of your congregation and preach and you've entrusted them with that responsibility. Uh, I'd love to talk about one, why you felt that was important for you to do and what have been the benefits of doing that? Right. Well, it was important for several reasons, Josh. It's important because we are to replicate ourselves as part of disciple making. And it's, it's one thing to say, I'm discipling a guy over here who's a new believer but I need to also disciple Timothy's and I, I need to be discipled. And, and so uh, that, that whole process is important. Uh, it's part of our strategy too. Our strategy is to plant other campuses and what we call gospel outposts. Uh, we could see a gospel outpost being a, a group or a gathering or a church and assembly and ecclesia that really never would be self-sufficient or self-supporting, but man, they need the word. They need it in a context where they're, being challenged. And uh, so, so there was a lot of reasons for doing that. Also raising up the next generation. And uh, I mean, we all have an expiration date, but some of us are a lot closer than others. So uh, if we're going to, if we're going to move on, we better prepare that there's somebody there. And I think this is a serious issue because we've found it very frustrating uh, in the church to find good personnel. There's services available. We've used those. We've searched ourselves, relationships, connections, but honestly, we should raise them up from within. They, they come with a DNA. Mm -hmm. um, I don't try to make people preach like me. And I'm going to tell you what's really exciting and challenging for me among this young generation I work with is they're not trying to be like me. And, uh, and that's cool. That's cool. I, I don't want them to. But, you know, it's interesting, though, when you invest in people, Chuck Smith invested in a lot of preachers that now make up pastors of what are called Calvary Chapel churches all over and the majority of those are huge. I mean, they're reaching people like crazy. And uh, but what's interesting, uh, uh, Greg Laurie sounds like Chuck Smith. I mean, he he his his tenor and things like that. It's, it's it's just you will leave a mark 
but we've got a, a pretty good bench, not, not pretty good, a real good bench. I would put any of our guys on the platform without hesitation. Absolutely. And so that's been a benefit. Let me say this. There's a reverse mentoring that takes place because the older you get, the more entrenched you become in your verbiage. And there are certain words you're deeply committed to because they're part of your culture, your vocabulary. And, and, and so um, when new words are used, um, when new words change meaning on us uh, and we don't even really catch that, you need, a, you need a student pastor who's got the guts to look at you and say, I wouldn't use that word. And, uh, or one time we were in a meeting actually, and I was preaching on a very sensitive sexual issue. And my student pastor says, pastor, uh, great message. Everything looks good, but watch your tone. And I mean, I go, what my tone, what are you talking about? He was spot on. What's really interesting. And in that message, I got more written response than any message I've preached at, at redemption church. And the thing, the one word that appeared in all the responses was tone. Wow. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Wow, that that's, that's so great. And yeah, so a couple of points that you made there. One is, uh, you know, it allows these younger guys to to learn, but also discover their own voice, giving them those opportunities. Because, you know, when we sit under preaching, even if we're not preaching every Sunday, we're just sitting under somebody's preaching, we right. will begin to kind of mimic that and, and imitate that because it becomes a part of that DNA. And even for me, with the opportunities that I had uh, with, through Jack Hester, a mutual friend of ours, uh, and me serving under him for so long, he, uh, you know, when I first started preaching, I would try to preach like Jack. And I didn't do it as well as Jack, but I didn't, I didn't know my own voice. I didn't understand my own voice. And he encouraged me to find my voice. And it turns out that my preference of preaching is a little bit different than his, where his is, is, you know, we both do expository and prefer expository. Um, but mine is uh, very, when people would describe us at the church, they would describe, uh, we had three teachers uh, on our teaching team at the time. Jack was, or Kyle was our lecturer. He could have been a sem seminary professor, which I think he still will be. And then there was me, who they would describe as the preacher. And then they said Jack was a very good mix of both. And uh, and so, but it was through discovering my own voice. And so that was such a great opportunity. And and I can tell that with the guys that get on their on, on the pulpit at Redemption is the same way. You know, when I listen to Taylor, I don't feel like he's trying to imitate Ed Litton. Right. Uh, even right. though there's hints of Ed Litton in there, it's it's the good parts that, you know, not that there's a bunch of bad parts of Ed Litton, but it's the, it's the, it's the strengths, the quality there mixed in with Taylor. I'm just going to stop digging myself into a deeper hole and, yeah, <laughs> and go, on, go on to my next question. As you put together, one, how big is your preaching team? Uh, there's eight, eight wow. active members. Uh, I would say, and we just, we're, we're bringing another guy in uh, who has a very unique, he, he's, he's, he's street preaches and, but he, he's deep and he wants to know how to study the word. He wants to know. And so we do, we cover the text by doing it. Um, I, I was one of those guys in seminary, man. I wanted to do the real thing. So I loved the best Greek class I had was a guy who said, what are you preaching? Let's study that passage and just showed me how to do it. And, and it was so helpful, but the same thing that cause you're always working Sunday, never, as we said in the last episode, Sunday's always coming and uh, like a train. And, and so, yeah, so that's one of the reasons. So we do some of that. We sometimes I'll throw in some preaching experience experiences that I've had failures, things that I did wrong, things that I would not ever do again. 
um, things that um, that have seemed to resonate with people that brought some some visible change in people's lives. And so, um, and, and then how to how to here's the other thing too. And we talked we touched on this in our private conversation that there as pastor you I'm sharing with them how to pastor and how my preaching grows out of my pastoring. When you know the pains and aches of the people out there, uh, it, 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 especially at moments of application, you're going to remember, okay, this is a single mom who's struggling to pay, make her rent payment. And this is a, a young person who's struggling with their sexual identity. And this is a person over here. And you love them and you want to encourage them in the Lord. Uh, and, and so you, especially when you have to deal with very hard and difficult passages, yeah. you balance the spirit of God balances it out. Uh, by by helping you remember you're a pastor. So you've got, um, I know you've got the student pastor that's on your preaching team and, and a couple of uh, younger leaders and, and younger groups who probably, um, two student pastors on your preaching team, and they, right. they probably are hearing stories from people that you don't typically interact with from week right. to week. And so that gives another element to your message of, here's what other people, not just the people that I interact with more regularly, but even my student pastor and these students in our church, this is what they're dealing with. And you can incorporate that into the message as right. well. And because truthfully in a larger church, um, you, uh, I mean, I look like Wolf Blitzer to some people, Santa Claus to others, you know, Papa Smurf, and they don't know me, but they know these guys and they're, they're dealing with these guys. So yes, especially the point of application, it is very helpful. And, and I've learned to listen. The other thing, too, is uh, last Sunday, the outline came from uh, Taylor. Because uh, we, we always struggle with title, outline, all that. As we break down the truth, what's the best way to outline this? And we, we had had like four things on the board. And all of a sudden, Taylor goes, hey, I think I got it. And I said, that's it. That is absolutely it. So th there is a real collaboration. It, it takes a little time. Don't get discouraged at first if you feel like you're doing it all but invite them in, ask them questions, have them make them study the same text with you. Uh, so, so that, that that's important uh, because it just engages them and then also give them opportunities to preach. So redemption has two local campuses here in Mobile. And I know that you guys typically preach the same passage, but it's, it's no mostly live preaching at both campuses. Sometimes one is, is live streamed into the other. Um, so that means that there is obviously some weekly collaboration that's happening. What does that look like on an average week with your preaching team? Right. It, well, it, like I said, we, we study the text together. I want them to preach the same text. I want them to let their personality flow through that. My personal illustrations will not fit where they're at. So they're going to have to work through that, whether to drop it or come up with their own. They may have something easily and they have to work at it. Um, and then there's some freedom too. If they, if they want it to uh, expand the outline or add something, of course, they're, they're welcome to do that. But we, we want to try to feed both campuses the same straw, the same, the, the same food, the same corn, whatever we're feeding them. And, and, and that's a good discipline for all of us. And they know who the lead is. They, they know my role. They know my over-shepherding concerns about this text and what we do with it. Also, we, there's controversial things. How do you, and I think this is really important for older pastors to, to teach. This is not something you would wake up one morning and think, I'm going to teach this. But how do you address problems in the church? How do you look straight at the congregation and say, look, we have a problem. 
and 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 to be able to say it and to give them the authority to say that on the other campus. Mm, that's good. But we talk about that. And, and, and matter of fact, I leaned in on Cliff. Cliff preached at the West Campus last week. And I'm going to tell you what, he knocked it out of the park across the street to another to another baseball park. It was unbelievable. Well, if you saw Cliff, that would that analogy would totally make sense too, because he right. looks like a professional baseball player. And yeah, he was heading that way when when he got <laughs> saved. But but Cliff um, Cliff is a is a solid communicator. He's and he's uh, so he he's respected by the people of that campus. And I knew that he could he had the gravitas to speak to this problem. That's a problem on both campuses, and and so we spoke to it. And I did at the North and he did at the West. And I'm telling you the, the, the feedback, what we call blowback was, was incredible. And I'm very, very grateful. There are so many benefits to that. The other thing too, is we, we looked at the possibility of, of doing it all video, but I have no interest whatsoever in, in being that restricted, that bad, that bound, uh, that we, we need to develop the guys who, when I'm gone. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I love that approach. It was the approach that we took at the church that I was on staff at as well when we were faced with that, that, uh, that dilemma. L- let me ask you this. Do the guys that are preaching, uh, whether they're in your place because you're going to be gone that week or they're preaching at the other campus, do you guys ever disagree on the passage that's being taught and how do you guys handle that? Uh, that's good. Uh, we have, uh, and I, I wouldn't say it's been monumental disagreements, but there have been disagreements. Uh, there's one guy on our team and he and I've been friend for, friends for a long time that we have a very different uh, application of the divorce commandments. And, uh, and so if we were at a divorce passage, I probably wouldn't burden him to preach that. And, and I'm gonna tell you how gracious he is. He knows what I believe. It's different from his and he wouldn't preach it. Or if he did, and this would be legit. He would say, Hey, this is what I believe. This is what pastor Ed believes. So there's a lot of trust in, in, yeah. in that and, and in that group, which is obviously important and something that you have to build uh, with the few minutes well, that we have let left. Let me say this too. Okay. We have also experienced that trust being broken hmm. and, and you have to deal with that. Uh, and it's not a reason not to do this, uh, but you know what it's, it, you have to, you have to work through that stuff. And, and sometimes there's some immature stuff that comes out. And, and sometimes, but you know, the, the mature help the immature, the immature help the mature. And uh, listen, the older you get, the less energy you have for some things, but young people have energy and a lack of wisdom. So you have wisdom, no energy. They have energy and no wisdom. Somehow those things get together and we, man, we make a hook. We make you combine your superpowers. Yeah, That's good. That's good. Um, well, let me ask you this. When you first started uh, putting together a preaching team, was there a framework or, or anything that you used? How did you get, um, I guess, the to a place where you could build that trust, build that community with those pastors, but get them to the point where they were comfortable, one, sharing, and also uh, pushing back on some of the feedback that you would give? Right. Yeah, and that's good. Uh, by the way, we start every we start every every meeting with eval. We eval the week before. If I could get them to come eval between services, it would help me. Uh, and but but and I understand there's some intimidation there, so I have to welcome them into it. I have to constantly welcome them into it. I have to tell them, tell me the truth. One of the but I will say this, Josh. One of the phrases I have banned from our meetings 
is I don't want to blow smoke up your skirt. First of all, I don't understand that. All right. That, that's a weird statement. But secondly, I don't wear a skirt. Okay. Uh, a kilt maybe sometimes if I had a little too much to drink, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't drink. But, but so, but the reality is don't say that you don't have to say that. If you want to affirm something that was said or that the spirit used, do it, let it lie. And don't worry about if your buddies think you're a suck up, you know, let's just be, let's be men about this and sorry, way off the gender thing. But so, but it's important that we have that you build that kind of transparency. Yeah. And it's almost, I would say our guys are to the point where, you know, they're, they're trying to outdo each other. Well, pastor, I think, you know, <laughs> good, you know, and, and they're, I have a little way of addressing them if they offend me and they, and it's fun and it's laughable. That's so funny. They're, they're taking the outdo one another with honor seriously. Right. But, but they do, they do honor me and I honor them and what they bring to the table uh, when they bring thoughts. And this is so important for older pastors when they bring a thought that either surprises you because it is very smart or uh, whatever you need to affirm it. And whatever I do, I don't want to steal it. And here's the other thing uh, I mentioned last Sunday, I think in the sermon that that was Taylor's outline. Mm. Taylor brought that outline to me. And, and so it's important because everybody needs encouragement yeah. and, and I'm watching these guys and you're absolutely right. Uh, we've got a good bench and I don't want to say that in a podcast because some of you thieves out there want to steal some of my staff but you know, you can try. Um, but, but the reality is, um, it, it, it takes time to do that. Be patient with it and uh, don't run away from difficult subjects. That's and good. we, yeah, we have covered, especially in Romans, we have covered some deep stuff and not all agreed. They don't have to, but they, at the end of the day, they all remember. And I remind them, I'm the one who has to stand before the Lord and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what we did and why we did it. Yeah, that's good. Um, there's so many leadership principles in that. So it means we're just going to have to have you on for a third episode on, and talk through leadership principles. Uh, but, but my final question, just kind of going into this, because, you know, again, we talk a lot about this in seminary and with Ministry Pass, the importance of preaching a minute uh, of creating a preaching team. But there's still a lot of pastors that I think are afraid to do it or hesitate to do it for whatever reason. What have been the benefits? What have you personally experienced because you've been able to create a successful preaching team? Well, I've already mentioned some, but I, w- I would say that the benefit of not feeling alone, the benefit of feeling this, that this is a legacy, mm. that these guys are going to go from here. And I tell them often, we won't be together for long. Uh, but you guys are going to pastor some great churches around this country, if not this church. And, and uh, so that's a huge benefit for me. It's visionary. It encourages them. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's not the buildings you built. It's not the, the places you've been or the opportunities you've had to preach. At the end of the day, it's the people that you invest in. There, and when Paul was going to Rome, he said, I'm heading to Spain, but I'm going to stop off and see you guys. And I'm just going to enjoy your company for a while. Mm-hmm let you minister to some of my needs and, and then we're moving on. And yeah. really, I think every pastor needs to have that attitude. There's I'm not stopping here. I have a trajectory and I'm heading to Spain to the yeah. ends of the earth with the gospel. And so it's exciting from that standpoint for me. One of the things we say often at redemption is that we are a sent people and that we're ascending church. And so uh, we, that's really what we're doing is preparing these guys to, to, centrifugal force throw them out to the nations 
and uh, they'll need those skills of preaching and discerning the word of God wherever they go. That's good. That's, that's really good. And I, I love what you've been able to do at Redemption. I think it's a great model uh, for pastors to look into uh, without, without stealing your teaching pastors. Um, but uh, well, I, may I, want, I may want you to steal one, so call me yeah. and we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll connect you guys and let you know which ones he really wants to let go of. But we, uh, you've, you've what really I tell our have... guys is if you hear me brag on you to somebody, you know, in a public setting, you need to get your resume together. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. You start sharing their contact information. This is a great way to get in touch with them. Uh, no, I think that. <laughs> I think that's um, this. I mean, this is super helpful because uh, it is something that's so important. You've benefited from it. I've uh, been able to benefit from from being on a preaching team as a young pastor uh, who was uh, who was being mentored by someone like you, and the opportunities that it gives us young younger folks, um, but also the freedom and uh, more sense of purpose that it gives uh, pastors as well because. It's not just an abstract ministry where, I mean, there are real men and women that we are, are discipling and mentoring and growing um, to, to be leaders in the church. And I think it's such an important purpose. And, uh, and so thank you again for sharing those thoughts. And I'm serious, we'll probably have you on a third time to talk about leadership, and then that'll probably lead to another fourth conversation. Um, but uh, any final notes that you'd like to leave with, uh, with the pastors that are listening? You know, one of our ambitions, and thank you, thank you, Josh, again, for having me on once or twice. I, I'm honored. Uh, but <clears throat> one of the other things I've talked about with our guys is I have some friends who are preaching profs, and, and we're going to invite them in for one of, our, one of our meetings to give some input on dealing with the text, dealing with hard tests, or anything they want to talk about in that. Uh, so we're con- several of our guys are in seminary online. And so those things, those things are very helpful. And we share books that we read. There's just a lot of ways you can disciple guys. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing those insights. Uh, I would say to our audience, if you're listening, uh, start praying about how you could put together a preaching team, even if it's not people that are going to be preaching regularly in the pulpit. It's great for accountability. It's great for you being able to share thoughts that are not just yours. And, uh, and, and yeah, uh, I knew that would lead to another point. <laughs> well, don't be afraid to invite women to this team. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I noticed one day, we were sitting in a circle of guys and everybody's giving these attitudes about something. So wait a second, let's ask a woman. We called in one of the, one of the staff and she said, oh, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't believe that. And, and it just dawned on us. We have a male centric view of things and yeah. it helps to have other voices in there. So I'm done. Yeah, no, I, I think that's such a great point. We had the same issue and uh, we need, we need those different perspectives. We need to bring in people that do uh, see life and view the world differently. And uh, we, we actually had on our preaching team, other pastors from other churches uh, from di- some from different denominations that gave us some really great insights that we didn't even think about. So uh, thanks again for sharing Ed. And I look forward to having you on again very soon to talk about some other stuff. Thanks Josh. I enjoyed it.